Hi, and welcome to RevOps Unboxed, the podcast that dives into the world of revenue operations brought to you by me, Sandy Robinson, in partnership with Revenue Operations Alliance. All right, welcome to an episode of RevOps Unboxed. I'm your host, Sandy Robinson. Today, I'm here with Aparna Morali-Duran, and she is the Senior Director of Revenue Operations at DScout. I'm so excited to talk to Aparna today. We're going to have a discussion all about getting started in your new RevOps role. Uh, but first, uh, Aparna, I would love uh, for you to give an introduction and tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Thanks so much, Sandy. I'm Aparna. I'm the direct, Senior Director of RevOps at DScout, and this is a new role for me. So I've been uh, just a couple weeks in, and uh, before that, I came from a smaller Series A startup called Flowcode, which is a marketing attribution platform powered by QR. And before that, I worked at Uncork, which is a no-code application development platform. I helped scale that organization. I joined as employee number 120, grew them to over 600 employees, and you know helped them raise the Series C, helped them really lay down the sales infrastructure from technology, compensation, et cetera, and uh, really with an eye for scalability. Um, personally, I live in Brooklyn, New York. I have a dog. Her name is Kali. She's a beagle and lab mix. And, um, I'm also a DJ. <laughs> so you can, I'm a resident DJ at a coffee shop in Bushwick, Brooklyn. So. Wow. That is so awesome. That's so awesome. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to check you out there. I don't know if you're on the gram or anything like that, but, um, that's, that's excellent. So appreciate you joining today. You know, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about, you know, how did you get into RevOps? How did you really find your way into this world of revenue operations? Yeah, so I've really been in revenue operations for a long time or sales operations. Um, I guess the revenue operations is kind of a newer term, a newer field, um, but it was an easy transition from sales ops into RevOps. How I got into sales ops, um, Really, I have an analytics background. Um, so I started as a data analyst. I was working for uh, Penguin Group, which is the publishing house, and they merged with Random House, so they became Penguin Random House. I was doing their corporate operations, so really reporting on sales and inventory management. Um, and from there, I worked at a biotech firm called Medidata Solutions. Uh, I was really running um, their sales analytics they had a pretty large organization, at least uh, for me, I've been in smaller companies since then, um, but they had about 1,400 employees. And, um, you know, so I was supporting a pretty large sales team, about 300, 400 reps, and um, really helping them with uh, reporting and, you know, Salesforce and things like that. So um, I really got to see revenue operations from an eagle's eye view at a bigger org. Um, there was a team of about 50 RevOps folks. So wow. um, that was, you know, lots of proposals designers. Um, on sales analytics, it was just uh, three of us, uh, a director and another analyst. Uh, we did also have an intern program. Um, yeah, so from sales analytics, um, you know, we were kind of, in the sales operations group um, and started, you know, really working at startups after that, kind of establishing their sales operations programs. Um, so I kind of 
understood what it looked like at a larger organization with a bunch of folks working together and how it should be set up. And from there took that and kind of scaled it down um, into startup organizations. Wow, I, I bet, I mean, I'm just even thinking a team of uh, 50 RevOps folks, that's just like unheard of, I think, and uh, definitely from a startup perspective, but it sounds like you really had a lot of great learnings uh, from that that start on the analyst side going into the world of startups and everything. So that's that's just really a great story. It gives you that gives you that you know real experience in you know understanding all the different functions from proposals to the analytics side, all the systems that work together, and. So going into working with startups and doing the things that you've done since, you know, how do you how do you approach it? So if you're somebody who is going into a new role and uh, you're really trying to assess the situation of, hey, they don't have a RevOps function, or you know, maybe there's some beginnings of it. How do you really approach that? Yeah, so I really like to go in and my plan is to just listen and discover for the first few weeks. So coming into a new role now, and I've done this several times over, um, I kind of have my playbook of like how I'm going to get started. So really, I dive right in. I interview a bunch of key stakeholders. So first, I identify who those key stakeholders are. Um, usually, it's a selection of like AEs themselves. So I definitely talk to people who are doing the job day to day on the street. Um, I also talk to the customer success team or account management team um, and really understand their pain points. So during my discovery, I'm talking to all those people, I'm introducing myself, but I'm also getting a sense of like what their day to day looks like and what kind of problems they're facing. Um, and I'm trying to start establishing those relationships from the ground up because really building that trust and, and positioning yourself as a confidant um, gets you more deeper insights on, you know, what solutioning that I have to present going forward. Um, so that's kind of what I'm up to right now is doing that discovery with the AEs, with the account managers, obviously sales leadership, um, and then cross-functionally working with, you know, marketing and finance to see, you know, What's the status of their uh, initiatives? How mature are their organizations from a technology perspective? Um, and really identifying like what analytics and KPIs they have set up. And then how do we level those up so that they're more predictive and less backwards looking? Um, so that's kind of what I'm up to now. I'm building out that project roadmap. It's pretty fun. Um, and, you know, I really think about revenue operations as, five main pillars. Uh, so the five pillars are systems, process, analytics, compensation, and enablement. Uh, what I'm up to is kind of assessing where we're at, at all of those five pillars. So when we're thinking about systems, like what does the sales tech stack look like or the go-to-market tech stack? Uh, who owns it? Uh, what are the contract renewal dates? I try to get conversations going with the CSMs for the vendors, understand what capabilities we're using, what capabilities are underused. Um, as I'm building out my project plan, I think about how I can get the systems to talk to each other more appropriately 
and how to make the user interface more streamlined and easy to use. So getting everything on the same window so people have an easier time going in and um, updating information and making sure that it syncs between systems, making sure we have the capability to report on things that they're entering across different systems. So that's the systems piece. Uh, a lot of work ahead of me there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. it sounds like there's some some real quick wins though. Just jumping in that that you can probably do as you're as you're looking at something new with a fresh set of eyes to say, hey, why don't you just why don't you just do this uh, and you know get some quick wins to build that trust and engagement with the sales team. Yeah, definitely, and I think. Uh, becoming a subject matter expert on their uh, go-to market tech stack is like, then they can start relying on me for um, advice on how to use it. And I can help them with enablement and things like that. Um, and what's interesting about the tech stack at Dscout is there's not a centralized owner. Um, so I'm coming in to be that centralized owner and really understanding the capabilities and where there might be overlap. Um, yeah, they have a lot of sales tools. So, um, you know, making sure everything's functional and being used is very important. Right. And making um, sure it works together. It's integrated. There's not duplication. And are you finding there's multiple tools uh, that accomplish the same sort of tasks like duplication? Um, so I've seen that at other companies and also Dscout. We do have many GTM tools. I think the issue is like each tool has like its main use case. And then some of them have like overlapping functionality in their like secondary use cases. Got it. Got it. So your your next your your pillar then is around process. Yeah. So process. Um. Really identifying what's the sales playbook. Um. And that means from a kind of lead to cash initiative. Um. So how do leads come in? What is our SLA for answering them? Uh, who are these leads? How are we getting them? Then thinking about outbound prospecting. Uh, are we all doing outbound prospecting? Uh, is it just the SDR team? Uh, let's make it so that it's a script that we can run off of, um, more prescriptive. Let's make it uh, easier and speaking to the pain that we're solving at the customer side. Um, so that's kind of the top of the funnel and then kind of middle of the funnel, like what's all the exit gates and stage criteria to move from one stage to another. Is there a sales methodology in place? Um, so I'm kind of evaluating that right now. Um, then that's the sales playbook. There's also the account management playbook. Like what does that look like? Um, is there an appropriate handoff between teams? Um, and so it's not, it's, you know, looking at the playbooks, looking at uh, races cross-functionally, um, and then, you know, kind of operationalizing any smaller initiatives, like uh, if we're running spiffs, if there's a new program that we're launching, making sure that it's uh, documented and people are trained on it. Are you finding so, that people understand revenue operations as you're talking to them? Are you... Are you doing some educating as you're having these conversations with folks? Like, what is it, generally speaking, as you're meeting with different stakeholders and different people in the organization, are you, like, how? what is your approach? Or are you having to educate? Or, like, how is that working? Definitely. So as I'm doing my discovery, you know, I'm the first revenue operations hire at T-Scout. 
Um, they had a business intelligence team that was filling in a lot of the gaps from a systems and analytics perspective. Um, and then the sales leaders themselves have been working on process and compensation and enablements. So there's a lot of stuff in place, which is really exciting. Um, and now I'm coming to be the centralized owner of all of these things and hopefully up-level them, making them more consultative, um, putting more of a project roadmap and rigor around some of these initiatives. And yeah, definitely have to do a lot of education I and mean, people don't really understand what RevOps is responsible for. So, you know, I'm going in and having these conversations with a lot of different people. Um, and especially if some of them haven't come from a SaaS environment or, you know, this is their first job at DScout. Um, some people have been at DScout for, you know, five to 10 years. So they've kind of been career DScouters, um, which is great. Uh, it just means they don't have exposure to how RevOps works at other organizations. Um, and so, yeah, it's part of my job to kind of identify, you know, what I'm going to be working on, talking to them about what my project roadmap looks like, telling them about my five pillars, et cetera. Yeah, I, I can totally relate. As I mentioned, uh, yesterday was my first day in a, in a new role, uh, also heading up a revenue operations function. And uh, the initial conversations that I'm having are really like, this, this is what RevOps does, and here's what we're trying to accomplish. And uh, just understanding that it is a really a full uh, picture of, as you mentioned, from lead to cash. And I think that's really the way to think about it. And I think you're smart in approaching it that way to where, hey, it's, it is the, the full customer buying journey that you're talking about as you're going in there and looking at the systems and the handoffs and, you know, finding the areas you can make improvements and really help, uh, as you said, make people more efficient. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, you know, there's just not that much awareness about revenue operations <laughs> outside of SaaS. Um, I mean, DScout is a software as a service company, um, so they definitely need it. Um, but, you know, in other organizations, there's RevOps too, but they're not necessarily called the same thing. So, okay. you know, you have uh, corporate operations or sales analytics, um, and there's not like a cohesive umbrella um, so I think uh, that education piece is really important. Or like, it, it, I know my experience at sales ops, we were really doing all of it, right? We were doing lead gen, account-based marketing, handoffs and everything. It was just called sales ops. And now it's been, I think, in some ways just evolved to really supporting, uh, you know, the, the full journey and, and crediting it with revenue. So uh, so what are what are yes. the other pillars? I, I keep digressing here. What are the other pillars in your uh, strategy? I love this, uh, the five. Yeah, so the next is analytics. So really evaluating what the KPIs are for the company. So DScout has an OKR program um, for the whole company. So it's kind of understanding where sales fits into that and then making sure sales and uh, all the other revenue generating organizations um, they call it the acquisition engine. Mm -hmm. So uh, their OKRs, uh, you know, how can I support them? So establishing the analytics framework from a systems perspective is part of it. But the next is um, publishing the KPIs and talking about them and holding people to account uh, for progress against goaling. So tracking that goaling and pacing and then um, reporting on you know, how we're pacing to that goal. Um, 
And what's really important there is being more consultative and trying to pull out leading indicators. So flagging where we're falling short before it's too late. So, you know, if we're missing week over week, that's something that we could triage in time. Um, so like, for instance, if there's a pipeline generation problem for an out quarter, um, is there a spiff we can run for pipeline generation that um, gets things moving in that direction? Or is there something that marketing can help us with in terms of like events or increased spend that will help us with out quarter pipeline generation? Um, so that's an example of like a KPI that we would monitor. Um, so just making sure that we have the right KPIs established and that we're reviewing them on a, an appropriate cadence. Um, so it means really leading those meetings and um, getting everyone on the same page. Definitely. So and that in those analytics and reporting will support all of your forecasting processes and pipeline and everything. And then leading into your next pillar, which is compensation, right? So how does how does that drive the behavior? That's always the fun one, right? Looking at new compensation plans, how is that going? So how do you approach that? Yeah, so, you know, coming in, I'm mid-quarter, like I wouldn't change the compensation as it stands right now, but what I'm doing is a lot of discovery on, you know, what's working, what's not working, um, what our initiatives are, and kind of assessing whether the comp plans that we have in place are supporting those initiatives. So we have our OKR program, are the incentives aligned so that we can hit the objectives? Um, you know, I also just want to make sure that the comp plans are competitive and they're best in class and they're kind of set up in a standard way um, because, you know, retention, employee retention is really important. Um, and comp plans are the best way to guarantee that you'll uh, you'll retain your best employees. Um, so, you know, I think part of my, you know, coming into the new role is assessing, you know, whether the comp plans are working. Um, and then, you know, from there, working with sales leadership and other stakeholders to make sure that, um, I get their buy-in on any new initiatives that we might launch in the plan design. Yeah, and something, I, I love how you said competitive. The other thing I, I think about that RevOps leaders really should consider is getting a, a tool to manage comp plans earlier versus later. I think sometimes, I I know in the past, I've I thought, oh, I don't need it. We only have 10 salespeople. We can manage it in a spreadsheet or something like that. But um, that's the one thing you don't want to mess up, right? Somebody's comp. So I always think it's um, it's important to really make sure that you're whatever it is, you're, you know, we're paying people when they need to get, when they're supposed to get paid and that we've got the data accurate and, and it makes sense to them. They can see where they're tracking it's not a mystery of how the how the sausage was made, so to speak. <laughs> so yeah, are you, that's important. Yeah, for sure. So I love your your last pillar is enablement. As a RevOps leader, making sure that enablement is part of your strategy. So tell me about how you approach that. Yeah. So for each of the other pillars, like it's launching new initiatives or releasing new features or, you know, publishing new metrics. Um, as I'm doing that, like 
there's a lot of cat herding that you have to do. You know, you really have to make sure that everyone knows what you're working on and everyone's bought into any new process that you're launching. Or say you're publishing a new metric, like everyone needs to know about that. So enablement is really important. Um, same with systems. So I'm evaluating the GTM tech stack right now. Um, I really want to get the vendor CSMs in front of our reps uh, to make sure that any questions that they have on the tools are answered or, you know, best practices are shown and demonstrated to people so that they're really using the tool for to the best of their ability because these tools can get expensive. Um, and I want to make sure that we're getting the most bang for our buck there. Um, so it's really about evangelizing all of the above, you know, um, my approach is, you know, anything that I do, make sure that there's a documentation, make sure that we have a user guide and then getting that in front of the sales team. Um, there is a sales enablement function at DScout. And so it's really like getting the user guides and, and, uh, training materials to them so that, uh, they can help with creating the curriculum and launch plan. That's so important that you're working uh, together. If it's not, you know, in your direct uh, function, that it is really an extension of revenue operations is so important. I loved what you said about leveraging the vendors as well, especially if you're a smaller organization, you don't have a lot of bandwidth uh, leaning on your reps to say, hey, let's get some more training going. Let's make sure that the tools are being used and uh, leveraging their support that they provide, uh, I think is sometimes we forget about that or, uh, you know, I'm all about uh, having extended team members to help to to do those things. So it's like, it's really important. I think that's a great tip for sure. So tell me a little uh, story that maybe the listeners would appreciate around uh, RevOps, something you've encountered uh, and how you handled it, or if, I don't know if you have a, a funny situation or or something, but I'd, I'd love to hear, I think real stories uh, tie it back to how does this apply to me in my world? Yeah, I have an example of something that like kind of touches all of the five pillars. Um, I was working at Uncork um, and we had a very significant volume of RFPs and I was seeing in the field, like they would send them to me to answer some of the kind of company information. Uh, so like company name, when were we established, um, some of the financial information. So I was responsible for filling some of that out. But I noticed that we were getting lots of uh, duplicative RFPs that had many of the same questions in it. Um, RFPs are not always in scope for revenue operations, but, you know, being a scrappy startup at that time, like. I really took on the responsibility to a uh, solution for this uh, inefficient distribution of labor, right? <laughs> so we had lots of different folks um, working on RFPs in different silos. Um, so I thought it was a really good opportunity to um, take some of that information and consolidate it and put it in a centralized location. Um, so I started doing that. I collected all of the RFPs that we had sent in the field and kind of put that information on a, a wiki. Um, and, you know, we could search that wiki and like use that to fill out future RFPs. Um, that ended up getting pretty clunky. So I evaluated different tools to um, create an RFP FAQ depository. Um, 
what I ended up going with Lupio, uh, but I evaluated many different tools. Um, the Lupio was the best choice at that time. So I uploaded all our RFPs, RFPs in there um, and established a pretty solid program uh, review cycle. So uh, all of the stakeholders that would fill out key information of those RFPs uh, would be tasked with reviewing the information in there every six months. So that would be folks from the product management team, folks from sales engineering, security and finance and legal. Um, this way we ensured that, uh, and also marketing uh, for copywriting. So this way we ensured that the best information was kept up to date in our repository. And um, we had uh, polished copywriting in the repository. So, you know, we didn't just have folks writing things uh, one off. We had real professionals uh, writing the content of the RFPs. And then um, I established an analytics program there to see like how are our RFPs progressing? Like, are we winning more RFPs with this program? Are we um, answering them in a shorter time frame? Um, so we did, uh, our turnaround improved by five days. Uh, so that was really awesome. And our RFP win rate improved 20%. So wow. super exciting. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's, um, that's, those are some impressive results and it, it goes to show like you can go buy a tool, but if you're not doing what you did in the way that you did it, getting the stakeholders, making sure the content is up to date. You can have the best tool in the world and it's not going to get those results. So you really put the full recipe to it uh, when you were putting that together and rolling it out. That's that's really impressive. Those, those RFP tools can be great resources as well, I think for your enablement and training as um, you know, I, I've experienced bringing folks on board. It's a great knowledge base for people to go and understand your products and services and different resources as well. So it can can kind of uh, really create a little enablement uh, tool as well. Yeah, and what I encourage reps to do, I mean, especially since we were fully remote, is when they were presenting to prospective clients um, to kind of have the RFP database uh, widget up so that if there was any questions that they needed to answer about the product, about security, they could quickly search the database and uh, tell them in real time. Yeah. And the great thing is most of those tools don't just to do a search, don't require additional license purchases, like full user licenses, just to, just to kind of search and find the answers, at least the ones that I've used. I haven't used Lupio, but, um, but that's great. So I, I love this. I can talk all day long with you about this, but um, we do need to wrap up soon, but I would love to get some tips from you. You've got all this experience, love some takeaways that folks can use that are actionable, uh, something something you could leave people with uh, that they can walk away, uh, walk away with today after listening. Yes. Uh, and thanks so much for having me, Sandy. Um, I think that the most important part of RevOps is the relationships that you build. Um, so as I'm doing my discovery, I make sure to try to make a personal connection with everyone that I'm talking to. So really understand, you know, who they are, what motivates them, uh, what brings them the most satisfaction at work what's working well, what's not working well, and really positioning myself as a resource and confidant to them. 
I think as I become, you know, uh, more embedded in the process and in these uh, conversations, um, the more impact I can have. Because um, I really want to represent to leadership the voice of the field. Um, I want to be able to take everyone's feedback and package it up and provide a consultative project plan <clears throat> as well as um you know just like making sure that uh any concerns aren't buried making sure that uh job satisfaction is high um so that's my tip is you know be friendly be nice and um and and get out there <laughs> <laughs> I, that that's so great. I and back to basics, relationships in everything. And I, thank you so much for uh, the conversation today. And look forward to having definitely more conversations. Uh, thank you again. Good luck in your new role. I'm sure uh, you are already crushing it, and you will crush it. Uh, so you take care. Bye bye. Thanks for tuning in to RevOps Unboxed, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode.